There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Sunday Social. I am your host, Lucy Moon, and we discuss all things pop culture. Today, we're talking about Fantastic Beasts and maybe how not to find them because I don't know about you, I haven't seen the film and I'm not planning to. However, I wanted to chat with someone who has, and that person happens to be Hazel Hayes, who is a writer, director, and I would argue kind of online film critic. I've heard many things about the new Fantastic Beast, and there have been many articles written about it. Specifically, I'm thinking of one from The Telegraph, which is titled, Not Such a Fantastic Beast is Johnny Depp's Character on the Rocks. And then also from the Metro, who have written about Claudia Kim and her response to criticism over her casting as the character Nagini. I find all of this very interesting, especially as I think it raises a lot of questions about women in film and casting and how we can do better, especially in the wake of Me Too. And so I thought Hazel was a perfect person to talk to. So we had a really good chat all about Fantastic Beasts. It was quite a funny chat, I won't lie. And then just about casting in general and how to be a diverse caster without resorting to really poor quality tokenism. So I hope you really enjoy this chat. Uh, let me know if you do. You can message us on Twitter and Instagram at the Sunday Social Podcast. So thank you. I hope you enjoy this. Hey, I'm with Hazel. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Good. We just laughed like something was hilarious. You don't know why. This Welcome. is part of the fun of making podcasts with people you're actually friends with. Because yes. there's the two types, isn't there? There's the like, oh, I'm going in to interview someone who is minor celeb or yeah, yeah. notable talent. And then there's your friends who it's are hopefully notable talent as well. Yeah, <laughs> It's also sometimes when people come around that you haven't really met and they just arrive in your home. I've had this with Tipsy Talk so many times and they're perfectly lovely people, but it's just like... This is awkward. Yeah. We all know it. Hello, <laughs> not welcome to my yeah. home. Why are you here? <laughs> you end up being friends by the end of it, but yeah. exactly, yeah. But it does take a strong like three hours. Yes. Anyway, this is Hazel Hayes. Hello. Hazel, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Hazel Hayes. I am <laughs> clearly a friend of Lucy's. <laughs> we'll begin there. Um, I. What in which capacity do you want? What I, I how people might know this you. shouldn't be difficult. <laughs> Introduce yourself, she said. <laughs> so when I intro people, sometimes I say stuff that they don't do anymore, or I got it wrong, or I see that it's not how they would introduce themselves, and I'd rather it be what they think You're they being are. Diplomatic. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> well, I would call myself a writer director. And um, primarily, I have been creating work for YouTube for a couple of years. 
uh, ranging from vlogs to sketches to short films, that kind of thing. And then started making sort of longer form series and then started doing more script writing and writing to spec and writing for briefs with various companies and that kind of stuff. It's one of those jobs. It's one of those. I'm trying to be a filmmaker and I'm sort of halfway there. Yeah. Good. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Um, You'd be surprised how, how rarely someone asks me to describe what I do. <laughs> that's so interesting because I, I always think of you as being like, uh, yeah, writer-director, uh, specifically, I think, on the writer end. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. And then also almost a critical voice or, like, there's a critic, like, on Twitter, for example, like, on your on your microblogging sites. I'll take that. Yeah, you have, like, a yeah. critic angle that I really I do. enjoy. I have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> and you share them, which is why. Yeah. So I came to Hazel today and said, I'd really like to talk to you about Fantastic Beasts. And she went, oh, no. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> like please tell me we're not talking about Johnny Depp I don't remember that and she was like we're gonna talk about that a little bit I'm like oh no this is gonna this is gonna surface in a few years when I've made my first feature and I'm gonna be like she had opinions about this thing and it's, it's since come out that she's wrong yeah this is the thing like you can't oh it's just complicated so maybe we're gonna like walk slowly around the topic yes. of Johnny Depp Let's do that. and maybe not focus in on it mm -hmm. but First of all, I wanted to ask you, have you seen the crimes of... I don't even know how to say his name. Grindelwald? Yes. There's various pronunciations within the film, in fact, Lucy. Oh, um, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, it ranges from Gr Grindelwald to Grindelwald. Um, I kind of say Grindelwald, just so I don't sound pretentious, but I think that there's a more German pronunciation, potentially, that is more correct. We'll go with the W version. I don't... Look, I, it's not the... Worst of the film's problems, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm skirting around it slightly. <laughs> oh dear! So you have seen it, yeah? And have you have you not seen it? I've not seen it because I don't want to put my money towards it. <laughs> I don't it. want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. Yeah. Like a real diehard Harry Potter yeah. fan. And obviously, I went to see every film in the cinema bar the first. I was eight. I saw Fair, it, that's allowed. you know, at a Halloween night on DVD. <laughs> a Harry Potter but, SWAT team swing in the window and take you. Like, you didn't see the first one. Yeah, you, know, no, I was, you know, I've put a lot of money into the Harry yes. Potter franchise and I haven't seen Fantastic Beasts and I haven't seen the new one because I just don't necessarily want to fund a tangent project because yeah. I'm worried it's going to be like the prequels of Star Wars. That's fair. I haven't seen, this is similar to, I haven't seen the Han Solo film. Oh, yeah. And even I was offered to go to screenings for free and I just didn't want to because it's like, no, I don't need that in my brain as part of the lore. I'm mm. sort of good. I will say I'm... So I'm not as diehard a Harry Potter fan as you. Um, so it's interesting to have two different perspectives. I am a fan of the films. I'm pretty sure I saw them all in the cinema as they were coming out. Uh, but I, I didn't read the books. I think it was a weird point in my life where... I had, I think I was a little older. I was going to say, you have to be, I tried to reread them when I was um, maybe like a late teenager and it just, like late yeah. teen, early 20s and it just didn't have the magic for me at that time. But I think yeah. now I could go back and read them and it'd be, it'd It's be not right, to say there's but... no merit in something that's written for a younger audience. I mean, I love YA, sci-fi and stuff. It's just, I just couldn't get into it. And I had come out of reading... Um, the Lord of the Rings. I was just thinking, did you read Terry Pratchett and stuff and then go into I was into kind it? of, I had done, I had done Tolkien and then I was really getting into Stephen King. So I'd read yeah. The Stand and It 
and I think the Dark Tower as well around that time. So to then go back to Harry Potter just felt, and it should have been my bag. Like I love fantasy and I love sci-fi, but it, I just, I just didn't get into it. And then to be honest, the film started to come out and I kind of went, oh, well, I'm enjoying these. Yeah. It's fine. But yeah, so I, I saw both of these spin-offs as someone who, I would say I, <laughs> I'm angry that it was so bad because I love film. Yeah. And because I saw potential in it from well, that had, perspective, but not actors, necessarily. Oh, budget. Yeah. You have a series of films that has fluctuated, but none of them have been terrible. No. Like, I mean, I really love the third film because it's Alfonso Cuaron and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and I just think it's clever and good. Mm-hmm. But, and they all vary a bit. Everyone has their favourites. Like, yeah. and that, that's sweet, but I think... This is a whole other... I, th- I think it's at like 40% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Like, it's, it's, it's definitely <laughs> got the worst good. reviews of any of the franchise. I think that's li- that literally was reported by Enemy today. And it's sad. It's just like, yeah, like you say, there's resources behind it. There's a massive studio. There's incredible talent. You've got Oscar-winning actors in there. And they're all giving it their all. And I will say, everyone on screen is fantastic. Everyone is trying to make the best of it. It's just not very well written and executed. There's no plot. It's messy. Nothing really happens. An awful lot happens. But yeah, nothing. Nothing that I care about. Did you ever see any of the Fifty Shades films? Again, refused to watch them (laughs) on the basis that they looked shit. Yeah. (laughs) And I knew I would be angry. The perfect example of, I think, of that no plot, but so much happens. I love those ones and this is like and apologies to anybody else who's also heard me on Reasonable Beef during this because I've just spent this week (laughs) I didn't know we were talking about this when you came in here I'm so sorry Um, it's totally fine it's funny but um, what was I about to say yes what I said on that one as well was like it's just so rambling and meandering and an awful lot of shit happens and like the thing is with Fifty Shades again I probably wouldn't really have cared because yeah who gives a shit? But with this, I did care because I knew the potential of it. I knew, I know the potential these characters have to, to move people and affect people and that their stories can be so interesting and magical. And like, yeah, there's this whole world full of just so many interesting things that they just focused on all the ones that weren't. So I think that's why it's the same reason I get upset about the DC stuff. Cause these are characters yeah. that I love and I know have good potential and they're just shitting on it a bit so it's it's quite sad i was just sad i i enjoy your review though thank you <laughs> you express it in such a nice way i love those films as well but like when i got home um <laughs> i got a bit high and then i got a bit angry a bit about high. yeah so i had like an hour long rant whilst high just just sort of describing the film from beginning to end and that's like that's all you need to do like you don't even need to embellish or insert opinion you just need to say to someone this is what happened oh my and god and you describe it and they go holy shit that's a mess <laughs> so what was the first thing that jumped out to you after leaving the cinema just out of curiosity i'm sure you discussed this <laughs> because i i would love to know because for me the thing i will always always notice if i watch a bad film is continuity errors and editing because I think because mm-hmm. I edit every week, mm-hmm. it's not even like I edit anything big. I just really see when something's wrong now. That's interesting. I think there were problems with editing, certainly. Those are things that weirdly I can forgive. If it's a, a good story told well, 
And there's like, you know, continuity errors are like, whatever. You know, I've been on a set. I know what it is to miss something small like that. I think one time on the series I was making, I left a bottle in the background with my name on it. It's quite prominent in a shot. And I was so not as the director to just leave it in shot and not (laughs) notice it on the monitor. Like, but things happen. People's hair moves or, you know, light change. I'm talking like, have you seen I Feel Pretty? She drinks no, from a previous empty wine bottle. <laughs> and I'm like, how oh, do you refill the wine yeah, bottle? Yeah. Anyway, but that stuff like that, I kind of can forgive if it's otherwise good. Um, even little editing mistakes. Like I saw on the basis of sex recently and I had a massive problem with some of the editing early on, but then it sort of panned out and it was fine. And overall, I think the movie's very worthy and it's it's an important film and it's trying to do a good thing. And so I'll always be kind of like, Does it, is it deserving yeah. of this anger? But the first thing I think I felt... <sighs> I came out in a bad mood, which was like halfway wow. through it, it was very palpable to the, the people around me. Like my friends were like, you're not having a good time. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm really, I don't want to be here anymore. This is making me angry. And everyone kind of felt that way. <laughs> now this is to be fair, this is a, a pack of pretentious twat film lovers who are like, I would have done it better. And who's to say we, would, we probably wouldn't have. It's a huge, huge mammoth task. Um, but I just came away feeling like it was a waste of time, not my time, it was a waste of all of the time and effort and money that went into it in that I was entirely unaffected by it. I have left films where they have touched me in some way or they've left me thinking about something or feeling something and it just, it stays with you, it lingers and it creates a question and that's what good art should do. Or it just really fucking entertains you and it's funny and you escape for a little while, one or the other. This didn't either, I just didn't, care I, I remained yeah. entirely unaffected I hate that I think yeah. that's maybe one of the worst things about bad films when you want to yeah. stop watching them yeah and you can't because yeah. you're in a cinema and you've paid to see it oh you can walk out I've, I've I got have friends done. who fully do the they're like no yeah <laughs> I, I think in the industry that I'm in in particular like, given the fact that I've done two podcasts about <laughs> this week like people are interested and I, I am interested in the franchise and everything around it and I think I want to be informed and I want to be able to speak about it you know with <laughs> coming yeah. from an educated place yeah. I guess so that's why I was like no I'm gonna see yeah for myself so that I don't just believe the 40% on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. that I really yeah. form my own opinion about it exactly and stuff like that as well I think with bad film you can also develop a cult classic status after a while mm-hmm. and it's about assessing like whether that film has the potential for that or whether it truly yeah. is like Clueless is awful Oh, yeah. But it's one of my favourite films. And yeah. it fully has that cult status. Yeah, there's loads of films like that that really aren't very good when you watch them back. <laughs> right, I have but a I question. Go. About, I don't want this conversation necessarily to stir around Fantastic Beasts, but I do want to bring up uh, Claudia Kim, who was cast as Nagini. Oh, God, yeah. And... Oh, fuck. I just remembered that character. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Despite all the, you know, ignoring... My voice is muffled because I have my hands over my face. (laughs) (laughs) This is so entertaining. You feel it so viscerally. I really do. (laughs) I can feel the sickness in your stomach as you think about this film. I care too much about films. That's my problem. (laughs) So when it first came out about um, her casting as the Gini, there was a lot of controversy. Yes. uh, Because she is a South Korean woman and it seemed like typecasting to suddenly bring in a non-white character that's so... It felt to the audience kind of blatantly like typecasting mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling did not create or write a very diverse world 
and that's people are kind of okay with it because yeah. of the time at which she wrote it and her own world like when she was writing it mm-hmm. she was living in edinburgh and was your classic british white person mm-hmm. um so some people were really disappointed in that from what i remember and some people were like no it's great diversity is important just wanted to have a chat about like when casting is yeah. appropriate and inappropriate right. and you have casted some things i've casted some things because uh, I've always felt I've like you got guys got some did... feelings about this yeah, as well. <laughs> you haven't. I've always felt like you, you guys, as in Hazel and the team she works with, for those listening, <laughs> have like a really good attitude to it, where you write around interesting characters, and if you don't know something about those people, you then pull in. Mm-hmm. A, you kind of consult with people who have that who life do. experience yeah. and yeah. have that experience, and then with casting, you try and bring in people who are appropriate for that role. Mm-hmm. And keep an open mind to diversity. Yeah. So if you watch any of your projects... It's just being just... aware, I think. Okay, you said a few things there. Let yeah, me sorry, try address I've all of them. In. No, it's fine. <laughs> I remember all the things. The problem is not that they just cast a non-white actor in this sort of... In a role that was already kind of stereotypical... For me, I, 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 I could be wrong. I'm sure fandom will correct me. Wasn't there always something in the lore about Nagini being... Doesn't that word... Like, doesn't it have its roots in an Asian language or something yeah. to that effect? So, apparently it's Indonesian. According okay. to J.K. Rowling, I thought it was Hindi. But, um, yeah, okay. it, it means, like, big snake-like creature, I think. <laughs> Brilliant. So, <laughs> Very literal. Subtle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've fucking hit the nail on the head there, J.K. Um, okay, so the, the problem wasn't really with the cat... Like, that in and of itself is not a problem for me. The problem is, you're right, she wrote a world where everyone was basically white at a time when that was sort of happening and we've forgiven her. But the problem is, you now have a new series where you had the opportunity to create a whole new set of characters. And whereas you look at something like Star Wars, where now the hero is a woman and her partner in crime is a black guy and then you have Diego Luna who's Mexican and it's a very very incredibly diverse cast a lot of the first order stay white because it is kind of a commentary on the 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 right wing and all that kind of thing um with this we've created a whole new set of white characters uh the main character is a white dude which you know is fine but his his friends are two white women and a white dude, and the villain is a white and the guy. villain is a white dude, and it's like, well, you're not really... always painted extra white in films, extra, <laughs> yeah, yeah true, true. Um, and while you might argue that maybe the only decent thing about this film is that it does draw attention to uh, the rise of fascism and the far that is my sink just wanting attention, um, it you know it hits on that theme that maybe the only theme it does address and quite badly but it tries um it's not really creating that much there's no contrast because most of the main characters are white too i mean lita isn't and that other dude who tells them all the exposition isn't um but yeah the main characters are white and so when you bring someone in to play a bit character i think that's where the problem also credence is um and really and this is the issue is she is an entirely bit character who is there. Could you explain what a bit character oh, is to people like me? She's just a bit of a non-entity. <laughs> okay, it's yeah. just like she's a peripheral character who uh, follows Credence around and is, I'm not going to say slave-like, but I just did. <laughs> like, 
She's sort of a little bit subservient. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, she's subservient to him and she is really just there as a plot device kind of for him and it's like she has nothing of her own. Yeah. So that's what bothers me. It's like, oh, you've gone to the bother of having a more diverse cast but then you've made that car. But then I said something about all the, the female characters being a bit shit and like how that might be sexist except it's not sexist because none of the characters are particularly well written they're not very complex or interesting so I can't say it's sexism it's just bad writing um (laughs) so that's the issue with god I sound like such a complete con um (laughs) so that's the issue with her casting in general yeah I really really go to pains to make sure that I'm being aware of diversity and it is tough like you sometimes early days like you would get things from people being like oh just all white people is it and it's like mate I've got no money (laughs) these people are just people I know who were willing to come along I didn't have the luxury of running a casting and you know really like having the choice to be like no it will be diverse or it won't happen because I I couldn't reach out to other actors and like this is also a sad fact but most of my friends are white and why that is the case in London a very fucking diverse city I'm not really sure um but that's just sort of how it's landed we all met through YouTube and this is we know each other and um, it's obvious in our videos that there's a lot of white people and it pisses me off sometimes and so then when when I did start to have a bit of a budget and I was making more scripted stuff um, it was very much something I was aware of to introduce um, people of colour uh, even people with disabilities people with different sexual orientation like I think that's really important to show that said that's not necessarily my story to tell so that's another one is like I haven't been disabled um and I haven't been oppressed by white people so you know I'm not d Rees. I'm not out there making mud bounds um and I that's that's not the the story that I can tell but what I would say is you can write characters and then cast whoever the fuck you want like I can write a story about anyone and then in casting potentially make them male or female make them gay or straight you know make them young or old whatever um so that's something to be aware of and it's something that (laughs) it's so noticeable in films like uh like nancy myers films like oh my god i went to see home again last year with reese witherspoon not many people have seen it but stuff like that or the holiday it's complicated like those those types of sort of fumbling rom-com yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. sort of innocent, like harmless films. There are no people of color. Yeah, and once you start to notice this stuff in film, it becomes aggravating. Like, there came a point watching Home again where I think I had seen two black people, who I think one was a waiter, and someone else was like someone else in the service industry, but none none of the main characters, of which there were many. Even at one point she rocks home and there's a yoga class happening in her back garden for some fucking reason. And there's like 25 women and an instructor, all white. And it's painfully apparent that these people have, you know, they've, they've, a script has been written. It's gone through a production company, a studio, casting. You've had the castings, you've brought all these people in, you've gone, yeah, mm. great. You've had them on set, you filmed it. And no one at any point along the way went, wait, this doesn't look right. What's, mis- <laughs> what's missing? Um... It's, yeah, that bothers me. Like when we're making small little productions and, you know, we're kind of using whatever resources we can and often that's favours from friends. It's one thing, but in a big budget movie like that to ignore diversity is really appalling. And that's why something like when I saw the first Fantastic Beast, it was like, okay, so there's four main characters. They're all just white and straight. Mm. And like, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. you could have changed that. You could have tried to make a difference, and yeah, you just didn't. Especially in those films that are set in today, yeah, in the city. They're always always those rom coms. Now, now you've mentioned it. I think to all the rom coms, like they're always set in yeah, in like Seattle or like you know, like <laughs> yeah. like Toronto. Yeah, or, I don't know some American city. With a diverse population, mm-hmm. with characters that could be anyone. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. it's really aggravating. They could be certainly cast it. by anyone. I mean, you know, when I'm writing, I often do write from a female perspective, um, and I I want to do that. And it's something I'm intending to do. And a lot of the, a lot of the characters are sort of semi autobiographical as well. And for that reason, I think maybe it not not that it would be hard, but I think it would completely change the meaning if I were to suddenly change my main character who is a woman and it's about her you know yeah. <laughs> struggles as a woman to a man um that might be a bit different but in action films or you know big blockbusters I see absolutely no reason why if you have a, a, a team of people who they're not particularly complex yeah. they're just gonna go out and shoot some shit like why they can't be diverse absolutely baffles me yeah. um and in particular something like this where it's set in a fantastical world um, specifically set in a different time frame and mainly yeah. a different place, right? Yeah. To the Harry Potter films, which are mm-hmm. meant to be what, like, like northern, northern Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> which you kind yeah. of forgive. You're like, all oh, right, maybe the majority of a school population in Scotland at this time would have been mostly white. Like, but then also, who gives a shit? Like, couldn't you just sort of like? Yeah, and when everyone was cast as well, that was like an eight... Wait, how long were they recording those films for? Like 15 years mm-hmm. or something? And like, people were not thinking about diversity the way they, they are weren't. now in 2000 yeah. or in 1999. And you've committed to those, those yeah. people. Whereas as soon as you have the opportunity in the way that Fantastic Beasts mm-hmm. now has to like cast, cast better. Mm-hmm. Which is why Star Wars is such a great example. Because there's yeah. literally jokes about... There's one black guy in the galaxy and like two women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now they've really gone to pains to to make a difference yeah. there. And I and it makes the that. old ones more lovable as well because you're like, okay, well at least the team behind this. Now that we see with the newer ones, yes. you're like, oh, you know, you're trying. They're trying to rectify what <laughs> yeah, they did. Like yeah. it, that is a nice thing. And I think as well with with bad casting for these new films, there'll be kids watching this who see Albus Dumbledore on screen now and they like him less than they did in all the other ones mm-hmm. when it's like Michael Gambon, right? And it's just, he's just wonderful and yeah. great. And I just, yeah. That's I mean, Jude Law is incredible. Yeah. As him, he gives a stellar performance. Like I really, this is a weird thing to say, but like I felt the spirit of Dumbledore in him. Like there was a real good. essence he was capturing. And often you see people play their a character's younger self or older self. And it, it can either be like, Either they're not like them at all, or it's a caricature. Like mm. I've been told in Han Solo, it feels like him doing an impression of Han Solo of, oh, of Harrison oh, Ford. No. I've not, <laughs> I haven't seen. But um, yeah. But with Jude Law, it felt really like it was him, and it was his character who he'd you know worked on. But there was something of Dumbledore in there, and there was a twinkle that just kind of reminded me of him. And I was like, mate, you have nailed that. I was so happy for that, which is why I'm so annoyed that that's not what the story was about. Because yeah like why it wasn't about Dumbledore is beyond me. And again, I'm repeating myself because we had this conversation the other day, but there were there were interesting threads that like shouldn't have been threads. They should have been the main story. There's, well, like there's Dumbledore can't fight Grindelwald because he loves him. 
it's a potentially gay relationship and it's forbidden at the time and there's something very interesting like politically about that there's something very human about that like forbidden love and all that um that's lovely and then there's like this love story that they push on you between Lita and Newt mm. but he's not interested her in her in the present day at all he's he's chasing this other woman but throughout the film we keep being given flashbacks and exposition that make you want Newt and Lita to be together but you shouldn't want them because they're not but that again was this forbidden love thing it was like two outcasts in school neither of them really had friends um like and she believes herself to be a monster and he has a penchant for monsters and and it, it, literally the line is said towards the end of the film where she acknowledges yes. that but it's so throwaway it sounds weirdly Futurama yeah. <laughs> yeah. explained it to me I'm like yeah. what is this film <laughs> it's mental but like that's all stuff that doesn't get explored it's mentioned but it doesn't get explored at all and it's like you could have followed any one of those stories from the beginning and just told us that and instead you tried to tell us 50 different broken stories about random new cast members you've created but not really spent enough time developing and yeah yeah it's it's unfortunate sorry i've gone back into <laughs> complaining about it now <laughs> but it's such a shame when it's jk rowling who's written it and yet she managed to write seven good well-told story well, books she wrote books yeah she never wrote the screenplays yeah and now she is writing the screenplays why um, <laughs> it's not to say that people can't write but i mean i'm a i'm a script writer and i'm now writing a book and i say that now and people are like well it's probably shit i don't know <laughs> i have to i have to wait until both are <laughs> approved to be good to say this but um i think it's it's a ve- it's they're just very very different things and when i'm writing a script i'm in such a different headspace to when i'm writing prose or even when I'm writing uh, spoken word or poetry or whatever, like they're just different formats. And I don't know if it's because she isn't as good at this format or because it's being translated wrong to the screen or because the studio had uh, too yeah, much involvement. I, yeah, I have, like... I have zero idea, but it feels to me like a bad screenplay. Yeah. It, it feels like a writer who is used to being able to tell you everything that's happening in a character's head. And particularly like within a book, you'll have that thing where you get towards the end of the book and you'll just flash back on something. Yeah. And so you have a whole chapter of, uh, of uh, you know, something that's happened in the past or whatever, an aside or exposition. And, and it often works in a book. Like within that the is dark... how she writes. That is how Completely. J.K. Rowling wrote. Okay, so, so I didn't Potter. read them. Yeah, but she was... Like with the Dark Tower series, the third book, Wizards in Glass, is all flashback. So you meet a character, you go on a journey for two books with him, and then suddenly you're in his past and you spend an entire book in his past and then you come back in the fourth. And it's beautifully done. That's harder to do in a film. It just doesn't translate and it feels like she's trying to wedge that format into a film and also relying on us just knowing what a character is thinking and we don't because we're not being shown. Uh, So I think that's probably where it's falling down if I had to guess, but I really don't want to insult JK either because like, fucking hell I mean she's yeah. one of the most prolific writers she's of also her time. been given the biggest screenplay probably of a newbie ever <laughs> like like I couldn't I wouldn't profess to be able to do that yeah I write screenplays but they're they're small they're people in rooms like mm. and I think that's what this could have been I think that's the issue is like it, it suddenly is a big silly CGI blockbuster and it, yeah. it, it suffers from big silly CGI blockbuster syndrome yeah. in a way in the way that a lot of the DC movies do where it's like 
just focus on the human story and then we'll give a shit about the big Bernie Dragon Balls. Yeah. But I don't care about the big Bernie Dragon Balls because I don't care about these characters. Um, which is a shame because she has made us care about characters before. Yeah, this is, yeah. There's so much to unpack with that so in particular. <laughs> but I think we should draw this to a close. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're at like, what's our time like? Yes, we should. We've been talking for oh, half an hour. We didn't even get into all the stuff I you know. wanted to get into. But I, I think we've explored a lot. And I think as well, like, there's so much potential to talk more about it and to have more thoughts on it. And, you know, and there's lots to talk about women in film. And you never know, maybe we'll do a part two sometime about Ooh, something completely different. I would love to. I'm always happy to talk about it. I mean, clearly. I'd love a good part two. I'm like, always ready All for about them now. it. All yeah. about- Did you hear the Chris McQuarrie um, Empire podcast? He came yeah. in to do one podcast with the Empire team and I think they ended up doing three and they were all like between one and three hours. It was all about Mission Impossible. It was just like... <laughs> completely dissecting his own films and it they're stunning I was like writing down quotes from them and everything they're great I just love a good podcast I love when you get to the end you're like there's more we could say great we'll just do another one but right now we are being shortened I have to go do a pub quiz yes and I have to go and I'm going to create a round table are you? yeah with whom? social circle great I know lovely but that'll be fine but I must go now so thank you so much Hazel where can we find you on the internet where do you prefer to be followed (laughs) oh I love being followed anywhere really just around about the place um my youtube is youtube.com forward slash hazel that ranges from all my vlogs and stuff to the description forward slash hazel (laughs) because I used to work at youtube (laughs) and I got it for myself (laughs) but that is not possible anymore I know some people have that forward slash Tom we can't do that anymore can't do it anymore um so that's youtube and I'm the hazel hayes on instagram and twitter You'll find I'm more opinionated on one than the other. I'll let you figure that out for yourself. <laughs> I still follow her on both. So. Thank you. <laughs> but you're one of very few. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Thank for you for us. having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this chat as much as I enjoyed having it. Hazel is hilarious. She is so funny and so witty and so dry in her humour. I love it. Let us know what you thought about Fantastic Beasts and whether you're going to go find your way to a cinema (laughs) on Twitter and Instagram. Use the hashtag TheSundaySocial on Twitter and on Instagram you can go to find us at TheSundaySocialPodcast. That was a really hard mouthful. I don't quite know why. I'm really looking forward to next week on the podcast when we have a very special guest. I'm really hoping it doesn't fall through. Fingers crossed. So until then, I will speak to you next week. Oh, and if you could leave a review on your favourite podcasting app, that would be incredible. I personally use Apple Podcasts, but I know some people use Overcast, some people use Spotify. Leaving a review would help us greatly. So thank you so much if you get around to it. And I think this is the point where I will say bye. So bye-bye. I hope you have a wonderful week and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.